This is Moss Eisley Tower. We are tracking you. Head for Bay 35. Over. Copy that. Locked in for 35. Sharon, yeah. you are a host. I did it. Hello. Yeah. Hello. We're both hosts, Finny. How how'd this happen? Uh, we're oh, Sharon, you were always a host. Oh. Okay. Well, today we'll be covering the malevolence arc. Malevolence. Malevolence. This, this arc. is going to be a challenge throughout this entire episode. I have dyslexia, and I'm getting over a lisp. Hello, I'm Hispanic. Um, Malevolence arc. Uh, this is the episode. These are the episodes two through four on Disney Plus of the Clone Wars 3D animated series 2008. Um, lots of spoilers all the time. Forewarned. Like, if you haven't seen this, uh, we're gonna spoil some stuffs. Um. As for uh the business, um <clears throat> the business, follow us anytime at Docking Bay three five on all the social medias, uh Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh you can also email us or send us voicemails at dockingbay35 at gmail.com. Um and now time for some corrections. Sorry about the mess. Excuse me. Uh, whoops. Sorry. Uh, we called the B1 Battle Droids the RX series last episode. Uh, the RX series. Uh, they're pilots, Sharon. Uh, yeah. No, aren't they the cute little pilots? Um, like it's Captain Rex, the OG Captain Rex was right. an RX series. Yeah. Yeah. From, um, uh, from Star Tours. Yep. Oopsies and the Cantina at Batu. <laughs> yeah, the the new DJ. If you ever go to Oga's Cantina on Batu, um, it's like, do you know the whole story? Do you know the whole storyline for that battle droid? Or sorry, no, not that battle I, droid, that RX droid. Not uh -huh. yet. I haven't watched or I haven't listened to the whole or read the whole. Uh, see, <laughs> no, I haven't read the whole uh, book yet. Oh, well, I don't think it's ever mentioned in the book. So this isn't actually at Disneyland, California. But if you go to Disneyland or Disney World in Orlando, um, I've been told that um, basically like uh, in one of like the pathways to like get into Star, um, get into Star Wars land, you'll see a crashed Star Tour ship. Oh. And so the idea is, is that Star Tour ship crash landed. And when, I guess, either, like, Savvy Scavengers or, like, Oga's Thugs, like, got around to, like, you know, taking all the pieces of it, that they Scavenger. just took, they just took that droid, and that droid was just like, can I be a DJ? I've always wanted to be a DJ. <laughs> or at least that's sort of what's implied by the architecture. Uh, though, I I don't know, it, I've never personally been, so so I, I can't really affirm it, but I, I want to believe that that's, that's the story. So, what a level ten tragic backstory, only I know. only beaten by Batman, that Captain Rex. <laughs> all he oh, did that, was that OG it. Captain Rex. <laughs> OG Captain Rex. Oh, Sharon, what do you think? Uh, like, do you think they were like, 
hey, we we need a captain, but for Anakin, what should we name him? And they looked, and they were like, ah, Captain Rex, you know that one uh, one droid from the Star Tours? You mean that B1 battle droid? And then the, the partner's like, slaps him in the face and goes, no, it's no. the RX series, don't you know? <laughs> Can't you remember two letters? Um, oh, there's so many dang. two letters. We're sorry. Yes, we are sorry. But Anyways. you know what? <laughs> we learn something new every day. And we got but... a new segment out of it. Hello, yeah. new soundbite. Hello, new sound. Hello, new soundbite. These are the corrections. Sorry. Sorry, so sorry. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. All right. Well, um, now that we've got corrections out of their way, um, I figure we go straight into our icebreaker for today. It's um, yeah. So, um, if you don't already know, the rise of the malevolence, um, or the malevolence arc is basically centered around this giant starship um it's sort of like a proto death star and um it's like one of like the largest ships in the clone wars and so my icebreaker question is um sort of in the realm of uh starships so Vinny, if you had an unlimited amount of credits but you could only use those credits to buy one ship which ship would you buy in star wars is it just like a bunch of all the ships or like no no you can only one buy ship. one ship so one big or, ship it doesn't have to be big it just needs to be a ship like i'm just saying well of all the i ships would buy Star a Wars, fleet of ewings and yt 1930s because those are some sweet looking ships so the, yeah well so the ewings from rogue one yes the ewing mcgregors i love the look like it's basically a like cargo slash troop transport ship but the rebel side and it does that cool wing action like an x-wing um mm. yeah so definitely would spend all my money on just a fleet of u-wings and, and uh legendary or legends i would go yt 1930 because holy smokes let's just make the millennium falcon but look like a batman ship yeah, I've seen pictures <laughs> because you've explained how much you love this ship, but I have no idea where it comes from. Uh. Did you just like look at a bunch of ships and we're like, that's the one? I well, don't need to know the backstory. It's just I, beautiful. Yeah, sort of. I just needed a ship for a D&D campaign, and then I saw this beauty and instantly fell in love. Uh, but let's read some Wikipedia. <laughs> So, uh, it doesn't actually show up much in actual canon, but the Carillion YT 1930 uh, shows up in the owner's manual for the Carillion Fighters and the Scum and Villainy scrapbook, or sourcebook. Wow. It just oh, wow. so happens to be the role-playing game that oh. I needed to ship from. Yeah, I so see. that's why I was easily able to find, like, a player map and like basically build an environment that the players could like they could go do a little sabac or like make some hot chalky uh <laughs> yeah uh so anyways yeah those two ships i definitely love to fly those one day if i could um, yeah i feel i feel like um because you have a propensity in real life to like you know drive trucks and stuff and i feel like you have that propensity in like starships because you're 
You're really um going for those haulers. Um, yeah, well, you know, so I've been driving a truck since I was a boy. Uh, probably shouldn't have, but I did. Uh, I've been, f I do drive my truck like an X-Wing, although it is definitely shaped more like a Y-Wing. Uh, don't tell the California government, but I do occasionally drive 102 to see Sharon. Oops. Oh no, stop breaking the law, please. It gives me a lot of anxiety. Um, but yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. No, I'm All I'm right, excited Sharon. for my answer. Okay, <laughs> yes, okay, Sharon, okay. Sharon, Sharon, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Sharon. Hey, yeah, I, I thought a lot about this. So, um, <laughs> I had an unlimited amount of credits. I would only buy one beautiful ship, and that's a Lancer class pursuit craft. So you see it twice. Ooh. Um, you see it once in um, you see it you see it in Clone Wars. Ventress has that ship. And Ketsu Ono from or on, Ono, yeah, Ono, but Ketsu from uh, Star Wars Rebels, she also oh. has that ship, the Shadowcaster, and like, it's like it's got the same silhouette as like a Millennium Falcon, but I feel like it's like smaller, more compact, and like sleeker. Like if if like if you're going for like a Ewing because of like the hall space, I feel like I'm going for like a nice sporty mid-size sedan of a car but yeah, the kind like, where you so could put like the, the two Camry. seats yeah no but you could like <laughs> but it's like a honda fit but like cooler you could like pull the two back seats down and you could say oh no i don't have room to carry you oh i, I, I guess have I so much just... all my tub is in here i don't i can't i'm sorry yeah i guess um i'm just gonna bounty hunt and um you can not have any part of my bounty ha 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 but yeah <laughs> i i think it's a really cool ship and only cool bounty hunteresses seem to fly it so it's yeah super elegant class too. pursuit crowd yeah, yeah shadow cast but it like looks like the millennium falcon it's like it got got a little bit of both I, oh. I thought about this a lot. I could tell. I love it, though. Uh, I mean, yeah. you spring these questions up on me. I have no time to think. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> these two. Yeah, but maybe I should give you more time. I'll if I were to pick one. Oh, time. no, it's fine. But if I were to pick one, it would be the Ewing McGregor. Um, I like yeah. how you can't resist saying the full Ewing. Yeah, Ewing, Ewing McGregor. McGregor. Duh. Just Why, What else would you call Like, that's I would name my Ewing. The Ewing McGregor. And people would ask me, <laughs> what are you referring to? And then I'd be like, I can't tell you because I'm a space wizard. Ha <laughs> ha, and then fly away. Um, yeah. Like space Merlin. <laughs> I, I, Send me to Bermuda! And then I fly off and okay, fireworks spectacular. Um, <laughs> yes, the Mickey stone in the, or the sword in the stone. Best Disney movie. Oh. We've gone full tangent. Full we tangent. Haven't even it means the it means it's the perfect time to actually start talking about the episode. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. So let's um, we'll see how much we can do tonight. So we're gonna start off with episode two, Rising Malevolence. It's directed by our primo favorite director, uh, Dave Filoni, who is now directing The Mandalorian. Um, and Should it's we add a Steven... wolf sound? We're adding wolf sounds. Okay. <laughs> And written and co-directed by Stephen Melching. No, 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 just written by. Ah, oh, okay. 
Yeah, it's written by Stephen Melchi. Um, so sort of just to summarize the episode, um, basically what happens is that General Grievous has this mysterious super weapon, and um, they 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 send a couple of Jedi generals out, and like they just come don't come back. And um, at the start of the episode, Jedi Master Plo Koon, he goes out and um, he like goes out to like sort of figure out what this weapon's about. And, like, he encounters it, and it turns out it's, like, this massive ion weapon that, like, just disables, like, with one pulse, like, can disable, like, the entire fleet. And then once, like, the fleet is entirely disabled, he basically just shoots down all the ships before while they're, like, dead in the air. And then just picks them off individually um, to just to make, just to, like, double tap, like, all of the ships. Right. Um, and so Plo Koon, like, he gets hit by the ion cannon. He only has a limited amount of time before um, the B-1 battle droids um, get to him and basically just kill off um, the rest of his battalion. Um, right. Meanwhile, they're little, so... like, uh, they're little pods that like can crush the ship. Yeah. Um... And the B-1 droids with their little uh, torches on their hands. I know. They're... Uh... They're so, they're, they're, it's it's very horrifying in the actual episode, but at the same time, like, oh, the B1s, they're so cute. Anyways, <laughs> so Ahsoka and Anakin, in the meanwhile, sort of sneak off and go ahead and try to slave Plo Koon. Um, and, and, like, this whole episode is really just a matter of faith. And it sort of leads into um, the, the fortune cookie um, little saying at the beginning of the episode. So um, this fortune cookie is belief is not a matter of choice, but of conviction. Um, and I seem to think that it's sort of like about how Ahsoka has faith that Plo is there, that Plo has a reciprocal faith that Ahsoka is going to find him. Um, and yeah, it, it sort of gave me almost, oh, we could talk about this later, but the whole thing sort of gave me like episode five vibes with like Luke and Leia's force connection. Right. Um, because, uh, Ahsoka was found by Plo Koon and just like I love the fact that she's just like yeah he found me and brought me to where I belonged so cute yeah yeah and I guess like um I sort of want to start the episode by like I mean because this is like the first time we really see Plo Koon and really like get to know him as a person like I right. I personally didn't know anything about Plo Koon until um watching the Clone Wars and yeah me I'm either. curious I kind of just, uh, I'm on that same boat as you, where I uh, kind of, like, was a master on uh, the Jedi Council in Episode 3, gets blown up in Episode 3, and then that's it. That was my knowledge of Plo Koon. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and it's, like, really interesting, like, actually, like, seeing him in action and seeing him um, just sort of, like, exist as, like, a as a character so like he's if i remember correctly he's like a keldorian right um, Kotua. oh yeah kotoha which apparently means greetings in keldorian at least according to weirmo's complete guide to <laughs> other star wars languages um I, I guess you could look them up on google um thanks weirmo thanks weirmo yeah so uh, uh it's really funny like i, I um because he he does say he and Ahsoka both say Kotoha throughout like this episode. Um, Kotua. Kotoha. Kot yes. Kotua. 
Han. Han. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we get to see our Wolfpack boys. Well, at least the beginnings in this episode. Yeah. Um. But so sort sort of to like explain what the Wolfpack is for like people who either didn't listen to our last episode or um just sort of maybe were confused by our explanation. So the Wolfpack is specifically Plo Koon's battalion. Um and they're I think I, I forget like the exact um number. I think they're two hundred and fourteenth battalion. I could be totally wrong. Um but they're usually marked by like a bunch of wolf um wolf drawings in gray um and yeah um i i think they are definitely the most dave feloniest of the oh, battalions yeah. oh no definitely i think well i think uh i remember reading somewhere that Plo Koon is dave feloni's favorite jedi so of course they would have the coolest clothes and the coolest paint job yeah and and i just don't know what it is about dave feloni and wolves but there's uh, like, <laughs> like he just loves wolves and like he loves putting it in Star Wars and I think he, like and like because he he doesn't, uh like, he legitimately puts space wolves in Rebels, um, and this is sort of like the precursor to that in which he the best that he can do is insert a man named Wolf, right, with two yeah. Fs. Yes, because he because space wolves don't exist until Dave Fo- until um until Dave until Filoni is in charge. Stars. I'm in charge now. Yeah, yeah. I'm in charge now. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Uh, also, shout out to our SoCal Garrison Wolfpack. Insert wolf noises here. Um, hello. Uh, where were we? Uh, Sinker is so- an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading off the notes. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for everything. Um, Why are you sorry? Don't be sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Let's 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 reel it back in. Okay, so Vinny. Back in. Reel in sound here. Vinny. Hello. Why does Dave Filoni like wolves so much? Um, they're his spirit animal, Sharon. Um, I just so happened to name. My Mandalorian Mercs clan, the Wolves of Mandalore, uh, in hopes that maybe possibly Dave Filoni would one day become an honorary member. Uh, that's still a possibility, uh, but not my call. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, well, I don't know, because he likes to go, <laughs> maybe I don't know. I, I, I sort of. Like I guess yeah, maybe it's sort of obvious like wolves are like really um like they're they're like sort of the go to for like the loner and like it's it's like an interesting thing. Like um I don't know. I just it, it's like a very intense love where like it's not just that he like it's like I remember like seeing an interview with him and like he got really mad about how wolves have been portrayed in like film. And he right. was saying, he was, like, getting into, like, this rant about, like, the nuances between, like, what dogs look like and what, like, half-breed, like, wolves look like as opposed to real wolves. And, like, just getting into, like, the nitty-gritty to, like, an extent where I'm just, like, he, like, he thinks about, like, the small nuances of anatomy and, like, of, um, 
of like behaviors and it, it it's just so intense and like well he's an powerful. animator first and foremost like he started off an he... animator so he just loves to draw so like it's easy for him to critique saying like hey the wolves should look like this not like this <laughs> but uh, at the same was... time his wolves and the rebels had chicken feet or something I don't remember it's been a while since I watched rebels <laughs> are you mistaking I feel like you were I feel like you're confusing the wolf like the loth wolves with um, maybe like Haku in spirit in a way oh probably my bad but, but... The, you can see his inspiration is definitely like could be Haku you know yeah very like it, it does give me those vibes like the way that his like eyes are Totes. maybe the, I well, mean sort of to get back to this wolf pack yes um so as we sort of briefly talked about in the last episode um the wolf pack for the most part like their core group um comprises of sinker who he's the gray-haired one in this episode boost who has the double mohawk and, doesn't and apparently bathe. he doesn't bathe yeah. that's, that's like something that's explained in the episode <laughs> and then there's wolf um we haven't seen i think yet. there are a couple yeah i think there are a couple of more wolf pack um, but this is the group that's, like, sort of central. And, like, so, like, the thing about Plo Koon that I think is so charming and what makes the wolf pack so charming, um, besides the fact that clearly it's, like, Dave Filoni's, like, favorite Jedi with his favorite animal-themed clones. Um, but, like, the other thing about them is that, like, they always have different accessories. Like, they have... They have jetpacks, like they have their own desert like style helmets and costumes. Or not costumes, sorry. Desert style like armor. armor. Sets. Yeah. It's they're not costumes. No. In the Star Wars universe. Um, armor sets. Yep. And if and if you like notice later on in the seasons, you'll see that like on Plo Koon's gauntlets and hand plates, that like um it's not just the clones that customize their armor to look like each other, but Plo Koon goes out of his way to actually have um, Wolfpack insignias and patterns on his oh, on I his love, gauntlets. I love that. Like he used to see like their creativity and is like, I want to take part of this too. And like I just love the Wolfpack design where it has that like swoopy look to it. You know what yeah. I'm talking about on the pauldron? Yeah. In the pauldrons, yeah, like, that sort of, like, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know how to describe it, like, a bloom or, like, a Right, water like, almost like a wave. Yeah, like water a wave. Water wolves. Maybe, maybe that's, uh, Dave Filoni's elemental sign. He's, like, a water. Oh, it's like a water me too. Wolf. I'm a water baby. You're, um, like, a triple water sign. Oh, yeah. I float like water. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I guess, like, another, like, sort of cute thing about Plo Koon and, like, the wolf pack is that, like, um, in, ob like, on some of, like, the, on the nose art of some of, um, the wolf pack ships is actually, like, an insignia that has, like, little faces of, like, Plo Koon and, like, all of the wolves around, uh, the wolf pack around him. That's and so it cute. says Plo's bros. So, anyways, to say... I am really curious, though, like, where, like, this intense loyalty to, like, his battalion comes from. And I sort of wonder if it's because of this episode. Because, basically, like... Well, he Plo... had it before this episode. 
No, 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 no. But like, these are like the three clones that are here. Sinker, Boost, and Wolf are the only clones that survived this attack. Right. Like he lost his whole battalion. He lost his whole fleet. Yeah, yeah, and like, and these are like the only OGs um, that were able to stay with him from the beginning. And I wonder if that's why, like, he just goes out of his way to like really like in in his um, that goes out of his way to like um, you know just be part of like that group um, and create this camaraderie almost to make up for the fact that like he lost he's so. Maybe I don't know. This is all conjecture, but in, I mean, like, but possibly, I possibly like I messed up my like under my command. I messed up once. I won't do it again. Kind of vibe. Like that's the kind of vibe yeah. I get from him. So there's like this part where like um the clones like are just like like I don't understand why you're trying so hard to save us. We're just clones. We're meant to be expendable. And Plo Koon's just like not to me. And not it's just like uh... yeah. Oh, buddy. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I think, and I feel like that's just his whole vibe, and that's the wolf pack's whole vibe. I love it um, though. No man gets left behind unless you've already been blown up by the malevolence. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Now we can go right. so get to the Abrogado system. We got there after Ahsoka was just like, "But we have to save him," and then the council's just like, "No, we can't lose any more ships," and then Anakin's just like, "All right." Uh well, f that. I'm gonna do what I want anyways, and then like redeploys himself to the Abrogado system, not letting Ahsoka know. So when they get there, she's a little snippy, and it's just like, so it's okay when you don't do what the council says. And I love that. I love their little banter. Like, as a kid, like that was my reaction to most adult interaction. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird, like. Because I never watched this as a kid, and so, like, when I watch it as, like, an adult, I'm just like, wow, Anakin really doesn't know what he's doing. And, like, <laughs> it really shows. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, Anakin's not that old, so it's basically, like, a 20-year-old talking down at, like, a 16-year-old like, and being like, I yeah. know everything. And, like, the 16-year-old being like, but... What if we did this? And then the adult being like, no! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched yeah. this as a kid, and I just, like, I saw myself in Ahsoka growing up a lot. Um, oh. Oh, I know. Um, oh, tiny little Minnie. You know, like, oh, man. Look at oh, this badass. Nice. She's gonna, she's gonna talk up to the, she's gonna talk down to the council. She's like, F you, snap. I do what I want. I do what I want. I yeah. love how Obi-Wan's just like, <laughs> she is learning from Anakin. <laughs> uh, Alright. Uh, well, uh, the Abrogado system is near the Bith planet, but you wouldn't know that because we don't see it at all. Uh, no, we don't. So, um, it looks like a red Mars planet with asteroids all around it. Were those asteroids, or were it just ship parts no it... i think that was debris i yeah, think that it was, was his... just yeah the right. corp like the ship corpses of, of oh, yeah. like all of the battalions that died <laughs> hey let's just and keep so circling this planet the more ships they send the more targets we'll get 
Yeah, I wonder if like the Bith planet like had to do like a cleanup crew afterwards of just all of the dead clones that were in Probably. the sky. Oh, they're falling into the orbit. Uh, is that a meteor shower? No, it's dead clones. Uh, um, it's getting it's in the way of arches playing. We can't. We gotta fix it. Um, I see yeah. you have some fun facts written down for us. Wanna wanna read those out? Okay, fun fact. Apparently, the Avogadro system. It's it's a very small fact. Um, apparently, the the Abrogado system is first featured in *Heir to the Empire*, written by Timothy Zahn. So I read you know, that, that book. one. Yeah, I I still need to finish that book. I read like it's a comic through. book series now. Oh, maybe it's I will way, just read like, it as a comic book. Series. It was so funny when my uncle first introduced me to the EU. He had he just gave me a library of books to my disposal, and I was just like. Alright, where do I start? And then he handed me a trilogy and it was just like Alright, here we go. And then I read the trilogy. And then I found out afterwards that there is a comic book. And I was just like, I could have just read the comic book and had just as good a time. But anyways, I digress. Yeah. It almost well, feels I mean, like, like a horror film. I like I agree with you there. You have that written down, like this is a tense episode. Like for it being like the first arc, like they start off deep, like the coloring and like just the pace of it, like that you know what the outcome should be, but they make you wait for it. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I I really love like the really really intense red light. Uh, like, I'm not sure if it comes necessarily from the Bith planet or if it's just coming from the sun. Um, but like, it's like it's so bright and like red and like it floods everything but it it like brings up the values so like the shadows are really dark like it really feels like almost like event horizon levels of like just creepy um and eerie and i feel like it's like a great first um i feel like it's like a great first attempt at like genre mixing um like i feel like so much of the clone wars ends up being like a lot of um taking a lot of inspiration from like not just star wars as a film though i feel like especially in this episode that it is taking like a lot of shots from like the original star wars like you could sort of see when they're setting up shots for um, i mean it, not only shots but like dialogue like there's a lot of callbacks in this whole arc not just the men but the women <laughs> and the children too um sorry i interrupted no, did they say that? Really? No, 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 no. The other callbacks. The other callbacks. Um... Yeah, like, in, um... Like, for example, when General Grievous, like, uses the uh, Malevolent Lens's Ion Cannon, like, all the shots of, like, from the from the B-1 gunner, like, giving the commands to, like, the gunners down in, like, the... Um, down in, like, the... Like, the blast hole? Is that the technical term? Like being there like so that you get a sense of scale of how large the ionic blast is it's like blast it's like shot for shot exactly like um the, the death hole. star shooting um the death star blast hole <laughs> i don't know what the real word is <laughs> i would call panel. it i'd call it control panel control deck but we're for no, podcast canon no, but it's they are the now called deck. blast holes <laughs> No, like the hole where the blast comes from. (laughs) 
you know, the tunnel, and they're like, they have to like crouch down, and they right. Like, have... Right. They put rails up for the droids, but they didn't put rails up for the Death Star where it's actually humans. I just want to point that out. Someone got a call, OSHA. Galen Erso, why'd you design this Death Star like this plot twist? He loved his daughter, that's why. And hates Gunners. And, yeah, or hates Empire (laughs) and, like, blast holes. (laughs) <laughs> okay um but yeah 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 uh i mean that's basically the episode that's basically like the first episode it's basically just um oh uh, well i love plo Koon yeah and... i love how they had to slow it down for anakin and ahsoka too at the end where like where anakin's just or obi-wan sends a transmission and is just like where are you um uh, and then uh, wait, or is that the next episode? Am I getting the episodes mixed up? Because at some point, Anakin is just like, we're trying. And then like he looks out into space, and it's kind of awkward looking, because he's just like, they're not moving. There's no movement. It's just Anakin and Ahsoka looking off into space with those dead fish eyes. <laughs> dead fish eyes. This season but the one. beautiful, the beautiful dead fish eyes. No, I think it... Uh, I could be, I could be wrong, but I thought, and this is like actually something that I sort of wanted to talk about was that, um, I don't think it was Obi-Wan that called in. It was Palpatine that called in. Ah, see, yes. So Palpatine, no, was, so Palpatine first or was it Obi-Wan second? That's probably it. Because they also get a transmission from Obi-Wan at some point. That's later. That's another episode then. No, so they I definitely was... got the transmission from Palpatine. You're correct. You're right. No, I I don't. Honestly, we should have watched this episode again. <laughs> I, I just um... watched it this morning. Uh, Yeah, Palpatine does uh, ring them and is just like, hey, you guys should step down. That's a dangerous ship, yo. Uh, You should meet up with your ships and your fleet. Uh, But Ahsoka's just like, nah, I sense him. He's here. I know it. Yeah, no, but, like, I think that interaction is really interesting, because, like, on one end, I feel like Palpatine is swaying Anakin in one direction, like, he's clearly, like, give up on the, give up on Plo Koon, on this Jedi, um, and do my bidding, basically, and, like, and Ahsoka isn't even intentionally trying to get in the way of that, but, like, she feels something in the Force that draws her to, like, force Anakin's hand into another decision. And I feel like it's, like, a great setup and, like, a great way of, like, sort of, um, you know, compartmentalizing, like, what Ahsoka's role is in Anakin's development as a person. Um, That, like, she's, like, naively, like, going through, like, the Clone Wars, at least in the beginning, um, but but has, like, this kind of faith or this, like, or that the Force is sort of using her in a way where... She, like, you know, looks distantly with her dead fish eyes past Palpatine and, like, has the faith and the ability to, like, see the Jedi for what they are. Um, and right now, it, it's sort of to save Plo- and Right now and for this so particular moment, it's she to sees save through, She sees through the lies of the Jedi. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, At she least did Palpatine. Learn, she is learning from Anakin. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I love how their relationship kind of grows in this episode where, like, who taught Anakin how to be patient? Obi-Wan? Pfft, maybe. 
Um, <laughs> like the fact that Anakin is the one being like, patience, it'll be fine. Yeah. Traveling through the galaxy. Uh, we'll find him. Don't worry. You know what I think is really funny about like, and I, I remember I brought this up in the last episode too, is like grief is like, so it's it's not super immediate, but like Grievous like lets like Plo Koon get away, and like Count Dooku's just like, oh man, like this this is unacceptable, but like in literally the next episode, uh, Count Dooku's just like, okay, here's the plan, we'll figure this out, um, we're we're gonna we're gonna go on another mission, like I I yeah, wow. Oh, Sharon, well, you're the resident Sith, so that is why you will not tolerate failure. No, but I hear you, what you're saying, like, uh, how many times does Grievous have to fail before Count Dooku actually does something, like, intervenes? Because he kind of yeah. just, like, was like, mm, yes, good test. All right, I'm a dip. Good luck, fam. All right, bye. And then it's just Grievous and a bunch of droids who, yeah. uh... I love how this is the this is it this is the episode where the B one battle droid actually does hum the Imperial March. He's just like, mm, 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 and it cuts and it's great. Um, I love that. It was so cute. Like, how are these scary? How how did how did they take over? Almost hit, almost practically, almost take over, sort of. Did the Confederacy actually take over any planets? Yes, they did. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, didn't they take off the Ryloth and like turn them all into slaves? Uh, oh yeah. Sorry, I don't remember. That's been a while. Welcome to our rewatch. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. So the battle droids are super cute. I forgot how cute they made them in this, but also, uh, super deadly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Want to get into the next episode? Yeah, alright, so episode 3 is Shadow of Malevolence. It's directed by Brian O'Connell and written by Stephen Melching. Um, so to summarize this episode, um, the Malevolence is uh, basically planning on striking down a Republic Medical um, Center, and it's full of injured clones. Anakin, Ahsoka, and Plo Koon, and uh, basically their flight squadron named Shadow Squadron, attempt to meet the Malevolence before um, the Malevolence strikes on this medical center. Um, they take a shortcut through the Balmora Run, which is like this smuggler's route, and they encounter a bunch of Nebra. The Balmora Run? Yeah, not the Castle Run, but the Balmora Run. Um, Anakin eventually takes like uh, the Shadow Squadron um, that don't get destroyed by the Nebrays and is basically face off against this ion cannon. And they're able to basically disable the ion cannon as it's firing. Um, and it, it explodes in a way that like the ion cannon is broken and the hyperdrive is broken in the process. And so, um, it's super dead in the water. Um, the fortune cookie for this episode, um, is that the easy path to wisdom for those um, not blinded by ego, or sorry, easy is the path to wisdom for those not blinded by ego. Such a so, deep fortune cookie. Yeah, it's so deep. I have no idea what it's talking about, honestly. Well, let's dive into that. Yeah. I mean, do you want to take a crack at it? Well, I don't know. Let's see. Easy is the path to wisdom for 
those not blinded by ego. Like, I guess what they're trying to say is egos can be blinding, so those who mush down their egos are... They'll have a clear path in life. But I think that, like, both General Grievous and Anakin are both sort of egotistical. I mean, duh. One keeps trophies and the other is just like, I'm the hot shit. Look at me. I'm the <laughs> general. Why the am I not first. on the Jedi Council Why right now? am I not on the Jedi Council? I mean, he literally kills his wife or something, you know? No, she just died from, uh... Oh, heartache. Yeah. All right, heartache. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, spoilers? For for a movie that came out in... 20- I don't know. Star Wars fans are weird. We're a weird bunch. Um, yeah, but I don't know. You're what, you hit it on the nose, I think. Like, it's kind of like the battle of egos. And Anakin is the first one to be like, maybe if I cool it a little bit. And he does change the plan. Like, it the end of this episode so maybe it was the battle of egos i don't know yeah i don't know i like sometimes i like these fortune cookies. i don't know how do you feel in general about these fortune cookies at the beginning of every episode i miss them i miss them you know like rebels do you think was, they're like, oh, like sorry i like i love rebels but it would have been cool if we had the fortune cookies in rebels too I mean, do you think it, like, helps frame the episode? Like, for example, like, I, don't, I have of? no idea where it's trying to go with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, they are hit or miss, but, like, it's pretty hard to <laughs> Like, real things. fortune cookies. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, you will have good fortune and prosperity in your life. Thanks, fortune cookie. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, should not wear the color purple. Okay, fortune cookie. Uh, your lucky numbers are one, 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 seven, two. Thanks, Fortune Cookie. Um, so anyways, <laughs> where were we? Uh, we get introduced to Shadow Squadron in this episode. Yeah, I don't think, I think Shadow Squadron only appears in this episode. Like, um... Like, I, I don't think that we ever see them again in this TV show ever. Um, Did they all die? Oh, no. no, they don't. I mean, because they win the battle. I mean, I um, assume they're the ones probably flying over Anakin when he's in the middle of a battle, you know? Possibly. Yeah, but in any case, um, Shadow Squadron, it's obviously a clone squadron, um, and uh, they primarily use Y-Wing bombers. And it's really interesting because... Um, I wonder if these are actually the same Y-Wing bombers that the Rebels end up commandeering um, and taking before it got they got scrapped. And, um... Oh, they were yellow. Um, yeah. Are, and so, were, like, maybe... are, all yellow, are all Y-Wings yellow? I, no, I have right? no idea. Like, mm-hmm. I assume they're... Because he's Gold Squadron leader, like, he would have yellow Y-Wings. So that's cool. I mean... Yeah. Let's well, I mean, two like, two together real quick. Well, I mean, it's like, more. if I understand, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I understand correctly, I think like the Y wings, like they were in their prime in the Clone Wars, and that the rebellion in sort of the original trilogy era, um, that those Y wing bombers are like super old by that point. If is, do you think that's right? Well, they don't have armor plates. Where did those go? 
probably that recycling. probably scraps probably. or scrappers probably took them um probably um cal kestis cal kestis oh sure what my short-term memory uh so uh yeah so we got introduced to matchstick totally not gonna die this episode <laughs> I know. I sort of I like identify with him though. Like he's this clone that seems like he seems like he was like anxious the entire episode and I can relate to that. Like it like I wonder if his nickname came from the fact that like a like tiny little things could just sort of set him off. Um and like the <laughs> pressure ready. really got to him really quickly. I like, mean his ship was on fire for like half the episode, so I mean it I'm glad he had those quick instincts to, like, try and save, you know, him and his co-pilot, and possibly the droid. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, <laughs> out of the clones that, you know, he's pretty memorable for, like, a, for, like, a one time, one, one episode clone. He kind of um, looked like Rex. Also... Did he? I mean, he was bald. Alrighty, so going back to Shadow Squadron, um... You know, uh, like, I was almost, like, a little confused, um, because it sort of reminds me of Shadow Squadron from Alphabet Squadron. Because um, of the Y-Wings? No, 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 no. There's, like, a Shadow Squadron in that book, um, or in this book series. Oh. It recently came out this, I think, either this year or last year. Um, and, like, there's, like, a 501st, uh, or not a 501st, there's a um, Thai pilot battalion call the shadow squadron in those books and they're sort of like the antagonist crew that like sort of operate after um operation Ender, um and are like one of those like tie fighter squads that like like the empire doesn't exist but they still like try and gun down new republic um fleets and like just generally so chaos i, I haven't read all of alphabet squadron but i couldn't help but like make the connection Though it seems like sort of um, just surface level since, um, like, they don't ever reference, like, the clones for why they're necessarily called um, Shadow Squadron. Well, they also don't really have, like, a part for Hera in the book, apparently. No, I'm sure they do. I'm, like, on chapter four. I, I need to read. I just need to read faster. Oh, that's fine. Well, uh, do you want to get into, like... The battles because they're pretty cool so uh do you remember that one episode or the lawless arc in general where there's just like a bunch of explosions and there's just like laser bolts everywhere rockets going off oh yeah that was beautiful it's like one of my favorite scenes in the clone wars me too especially the one where it's the door opening and it's just obi-wan in front of the chaos of the war that was of the clones um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so in season one, it's a whole lot different. Uh, you could tell like they're still building their assets and like, like in this episode, like I could tell like they were working on texturing. Like if you look really closely, like their armor's super textured and like, third, it's nice. Um, do you want to get into a bit of uh, Revis versus Anakin? Where they don't meet somehow. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's really cool. Like, um, I, I'm sure this is like a fun trivia that most people know about the Clone Wars, but, um, I guess there's like a, there's like a statement in 
episode three that basically dictates that Anakin and Grievous can't ever meet each other throughout the entire Clone Wars. And so I guess they only ever fight like tangentially to each other. But yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to say like, yeah, I don't know how they did it, but congratulations to George Lucas, Dave Filoni, and just the whole Clone Wars team. You did it. You somehow got them through uh, six seasons, no, seven seasons, and a movie without meeting. Insert clap sounds. And pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, Sorry, Sharon. I hate interrupted. No, it's okay. Okay, so one thing I sort of wanted to bring up is... um like the difference between general grievous and anakin i like i wonder if this is like just because like i'm overthinking this fortune cookie thing um but it sort of made me like compare grievous and anakin like grievous i feel like is very classic um like dark side like leader where he just murders people on his bridge for no reason and he gets really aggressive and um, right. He, like, gave me, like, Kylo Ren and Vader vibes, the way that he just, like, plowed through B1 droids. Right, kind of like Skeletor. Um, um, super yeah. evil! E- evil, but, like, also, like, you know, sort of mean and heartless to his oh, group. Oh, yeah, I mean, he was um, just... And the Dooku had to be like, those droids are expensive? Like, I'm paying this out of my pocket? Did you know I'm fairly wealthy? That he cuts out. I don't think... Well, technically, Dooku doesn't pay for it. It's the Nemordians that pay for it. True, but I'm sure Dooku has stocks in the Confederacy? Yeah. I think yeah. he has emotional stocks. I don't know. but um, <laughs> He is a, a Sith Lord. Uh, evil, and he was just like, hey, stop killing the droids, because they're expensive. And meanwhile, Anakin, like, he's, like, a lot more... Like, it's not to say that, like, he doesn't have moments where, like, he's getting, he's, like, going way too fast for the clones. I think there are, like, clearly moments, like, when he's, um, like, when he's, like, when he's, like, dodging, like, the ion cannon blast. Like, they're clearly, the clones, like, can't seem to catch up with him. Um, what do you think, like, the whole point of the episode and the difference was, um, was that Anakin, like, was was able to like adjust and account with them and, and value them in some kind of way. And it, and it really sort of um, goes ahead in like, I think like beaming at the end of the episode. Um, so the Kylita Nebula, um, you know, it's sort of like the Kylita Nebula really reminded me like the whole Balmora run thing, just it felt proto Kessel run. Like it, it felt like the solo movie, but like right. the animatics of it. Is that just right. me? Yes, but there were instead of like a giant Cthulhu-sized monster, there was just like space moths. <laughs> Is that what you call knee braces? Space moths. It looked like space moths. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. No, I get what They're you're pretty... saying. I, yeah, like, um... Then, like, yeah, in the episode, like, there's just a lot to this episode, like, 
we get to see like Anakin like really get tested by this weapon. Like he's literally faced with the immovable object and he decides like the force is going to guide me around this but he learns like it's not going to get all of his people out of it it's balanced yeah yeah it's like a matter of and like it's like a matter of like understanding that that he's like part of like a bigger thing um yeah and like ah like just but sort of like still sticking to like the balmora run stuff like like, I wonder if, like, all of these, like, smuggler runs just all end up going through the same misty dust storm. And, like, smugglers be crazy. Like, what are they smuggling, smugglers like... Smugglers be crazy. Like, what are they smuggling out of, like, the bit, like, nearby the bit system? Or, like, Probably by Naboo? spice. It's spice. Let's be honest. You think that bit are just, like, drowning in spice? Oh, yeah. Totally. And uh, or have a great demand for spice. Yeah, this it's either spice or hyperfuel. No, that's space whales. But they make it out of the nebula. And they yeah, did I mean... they did it. They beat they beat the slow malevolent but <sighs> the malevolence. Yeah, um I mean not everyone gets like out alive though. There's like this one astromech where like like I don't rem I don't know if you remember but like Anibre like hit it, right. like and like the top of the astromech just like falls off, and it like it's like the most horrifying thing that I like saw. It made me very sad. It was. I mean, it's the same thing that happens to R four later, but with the saw, because those yeah. dang buzz droids. Dang. No. Yeah. Like I. Yeah, like, I, I don't know, like, astromechs getting picked off really really makes me, like, all sad. Um, but sort of getting towards, like, so, like, yeah, but, you know, Balmora Run, it's pretty cool. They make it to the medical center in time, and you go to see the medical center, and, like, oh my god, wait, did you see the four-legged gonk droid in the background? So hot. Have you, have you, like, I never realized that there were four-legged gonk droids. And apparently I, they're I, called. I think they're new to this. I don't... Yeah, like. I don't know. Is it? We'll find well... out in the next corrections. No, Vinny. <laughs> I looked it up. Okay. Oh, so, perfect. Yeah. So apparently they're Plink series power droids, and they're nicknamed Plunk droids, like oh. Gonk droids, but like Plunk, <laughs> and they go Plunk Plunk. And oh, they're so cute! Like they're like twice as big. They're like more awkward. And yeah, they they um they first come up at least as far as Wikipedia explains. Like they only they really first come up in the Clone Wars, or in this in this episode. It was yeah. so cute. I think they we so we see them in the episode that follows this arc, rookies. Um. So yeah, I hope so. I want to see more. Yeah. Of it. Um, so I really like the design of the medical center, like, like, it's, it's really interesting, like, um, so, like, the, the medical center, the ships park, like, butts up, like, you, ha they have to, like, <laughs> land vertically, and then, well, I wonder then, if they have zero G, and are just, they have to lift everybody up, maybe. Yeah, like, is there, like, a gravity switch, where, like, the gravity has to switch, like, 45 
or 90 degree angles and in which case like how does that work like is for like a ship that large um I mean I'm probably overthinking it and like it, it really doesn't matter but but I don't know I think like the design of it is really fascinating and interesting where like again like they sort of go vertically up and then um and like they all get like sort of attached at these docking stations and like the the center of it looks like um it like looks almost organic like like the inside of a cell like I don't know if like you ever like like in biology like the Golgi apparatus but it sort of had that kind of like um natural vibe it almost reminded me of like um in Metal Gear Solid 2 it reminded me of um of the of the facility there um and like the inside is like interesting like they're like you could see in the background um when Nalase is talking that they're like these giant rooms like just full of bactopods mm -hmm. yeah like you definitely tell like this is uh if they couldn't make it all the way back home like this was a one-stop shop for all your medical needs need your back to we got your spice but it's back to yeah do, do clones say. even have homes <laughs> um I guess technically they like they they all sort of work out from Coruscant, I guess. True. Um, I mean that one clone has a home that he went haywall or something. Yeah, but he he made that for himself. Like I don't like do the clones have homes? Because like Rex says later um, that like the closest thing that they have to home is Camino, and that's just because that's where they are grown. Um, yeah. Also, like, have you ever thought about Bacta? Like, have have you ever what do you like mean? like in a video game sense? Yes. No, 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 no. Like, as like, can you imagine being in like a Bacta tub? Like, oh. okay, so like, whoa, that would be like, weird. I mean, I've never like it. I guess comparable Earth technology are those like pools that you float in the dark or what are they? Yeah, called? sensory deprivation S chambers. Yes, yeah, yes, sensory deprivation chambers yeah i um well yeah 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 like i you know i thought it was like gonna be like a swimming pool but like when i actually started reading into like what bacta is it sounds really disturbing so like apparently <laughs> according to wikipedia it's like slimy like bacta is slimy and thick like it's like thick like thack. syrup D yeah h-a-k Back. It's like jumping into like a a vat full of like slime mm, um, syrup, and somebody and like apparently like like within Wikipedia like pe people in like the Star Wars universe describe it as like like almost horrifying to fall into like apparently it's like like returning to the mother's womb, Ugh. and yeah it's like it's like amniotic fluid basically it's like created <laughs> it's like. Uh, like apparently it's like a bunch it's like a bunch of bacteria and stuff and like these like microorganisms that like seal things back together um yeah it's like really strange and it's like a really strange um thing in star wars and like i i always sort of wonder like because i know it's like a convenient plot device to like always like heal people like conveniently um he but i like got frozen and hit by a mysterious snow creature uh just just throw him the syrup for a little bit. 
you got a life-threatening concussion because you can't take your helmet off. It's just a little, pss, pss, and yeah, you're good. Are you a crazy old space wizard who has space force amnesia? This is the stuff for you for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I wonder like how Bacta works though. E like even even though like I sort of read like on Wikipedia, like the tiny robots like, are if just you... like I'm gonna stitch this together. 3D print. Like I just 3D don't... print. 3D print. <laughs> like I just don't get where like it starts and ends. Like um like clearly like in the Mandalorian like um Dinjarin like he breaks the back of his head, but like he just need he didn't even need to like be in a Bacta tub. He just needed a spray. Excuse me. I mean, like, like, or stim or something, right? Maybe, yeah. Maybe he's like, also, he's just hopped up on drugs, and that's why he's like, woo, oh. jetpack. Um, Let me just, it'll, you'll be fine. And walking in an hour. Uh, but I like. He looked like he had a pretty bad concussion, but also, <laughs> damn, Pedro Pascal, looking good. Uh, so, so I much acting. Armor. Acting. You have to wear that suit more, please. Do some stunts. Jump. I don't know. I think John Wayne's uh, grandchild did a good job, and like all the other stunt people that did the main. Oh, he's amazing. John Wayne. Whew, he's a character and has a dark side. Let's not forget. Uh. Yeah. So Do the episode. Oh, Sharon. Hello. Oh, sorry. <laughs> At this point, it's just Sharon. Um, it's late, and like I want to talk about like random things in Star Wars. Hey, Vinny. Yeah. What do you have any feelings about Nala say, especially in this episode? Uh, is she uh the same medical doctor who's just like I'm gonna get five scaled? Yes, she is. Isn't that like really like confusing? Uh, what happened? Do you think I don't like know. do you think Palpatine started intervening or Dooku as like the mysterious uh oh, what's his name? Uh, Sifo-Dyas. Sifo yep. Yeah, no, no, because like, no, 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 like, because she clearly knew something was up and that she clearly like created Order sixty six when she designed the clones, like. I really don't get her characterization in this particular episode where like she wants to stay behind with like the injured clones and right. like get everyone to safety and she's like suddenly so invested. Yeah, like where does this Nala say like literally like in like literally like in any other episode or like in any other iteration? Like I, I like this Nala say. What happened to her? Does, is it her twin? Did she die? Did she, did clone she herself? break her? Is there an evil did... clone? <gasps> oh my god! Do you think that like the cloners clone each other? It's like a cloner clone. Clone. Is that why their necks are so long? <laughs> Every time they clone, they get their necks. Yeah, they longer. they lost the ability to reproduce, so now they just clone. And they they just keep cloning until the necks get longer. Yeah, the the one with the highest neck is the is the true Nalise. True Nalise has <laughs> the fifteen foot neck. Oh my god! I don't think it's yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, did you ever have any impressions about her as a character, like in, uh, like in Attack of the Clones? Like, I always mm. thought she was really creepy because of her. I mean, incredibly she's just like, long neck. Hello. <laughs> oh, Master Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that, is that, that to I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We're 75 minutes in. It's probably less than that because I've tried to edit this thing. Hello. It's me, Dolisay. Oh, hello! Oh. <laughs> Can we have an EU in which Nalase and the Kaminoans are replaced by Robin Williams? Oh, maybe one That'd day. That'd be nice. Batman you know, but like, also I... had a dark side. R.I.P. though. Oh yeah, rest in peace. Um... So, like, I guess, like, <laughs> I guess if your only takeaway from Nalase is that, like, um, vaguely Mrs. Doubtfire references. <laughs> um, anyways, I only bring up Nalase mostly, like, she she's, like, barely in this episode, but, I, I like, there's, like, this one line that she says um, at the end of the episode um, that I think is just so interesting. Um, she, like, so after, like, Anakin, like, destroys, like, the malevolent, or not destroys, but, like, dismantles the malevolence and like saves the clones or whatever um she she goes up to anakin and she's just like like you did like a marvelous thing or whatever and she's like don't take the lives you saved lightly and then anakin's like i don't but i also can't take the lives i lost lightly um like and i feel like this is he loves such his clone boys too one. no he doesn't like, want to lose he doesn't understand how to lose and let go i get it yeah, huh. yeah, and that's like a problem because he's not gonna like. He doesn't like, learn if he can't. Yeah, if he doesn't learn now, like he's not gonna learn. Like he didn't learn when his mother died, like, and he didn't learn when Padme um was going to die, and did die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is like his major character flaw and like the thing that like really defines him as a character, and it's like. It's so interesting, too, because, like, because, like, yeah, like, your reaction to it is, like, the reaction that a lot of people have about that line. Like, they think that it's a heroic line. And and it's, like, it's, ah, like, it, it gives me a lot of passion because, like, I feel like everything in the Clone Wars is, like, so two-sided. Like, there's, I mean, like, Star this Wars one... is two-sided. Uh, I mean, okay, no, 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 no. I think multifaceted, I think, is, like, a better word, right? Like, there are, like, these layers of you think like that every episode. episode in the Clone Wars, when the clones are like doing something, um, like they're if they're winning, that you think that like, oh, this is like a good thing, but in reality, it's not. Like in reality, like this is all just part of Palpatine's plan, and that like right. all these like small victories are actually victories for the Empire and not for like <sighs> democracy. Um, Audible gasp. Uh, so Sharon, <laughs> you're telling me that this episode is a lot like an ogre it has layers an onion <laughs> like an onion i mean yeah or like an ogre 
an ogre that is like an onion and it has layers yeah no but this is what i'm saying like they're like layers like it's um multifaceted like <laughs> it's like a gem yeah um no but yeah like i like it's it's interesting like i like because you would think that it's like this heroic thing that he doesn't take those lives lost like that he lost lightly but it's like his ultimate character flaw and like the reason why he he is the way that he is and ultimately why he becomes darth vader right um no you're 100 percent correct like palpatine was playing at his heartstrings from the very beginning mm, and how it follows out again the whole series I, not that it follows, just that, like, it, I feel like it's just a great, like, encapsulation of his character, and sort of, like, the weird tragedy of it, that, like, maybe if he had, like, a normal life, maybe he wasn't, like, the chosen one of the Force, like, he would have been a hero, but instead, like, we all see him for what he is, and he's, like, a villain, or even worse, like, a scared a old bald man. Scared a, a old pruny old pump. man in a mask. Pruny old man in a mask. With no limbs. No limbs. Probably <laughs> no. You know. So, yeah, Sharon. Let's mm. blow up this taco stand. Okay, let's blow up this taco stand. We're clearly both tired, and do you know what? I mean, like we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna like, go put it, and put sleep. Put a little besito on it. And then put a little bow. This bow's up here. This is the new one. Yeah. Oh. Locked in for 3-5.